Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm here in the studio with today's guest. He's based in Ledbury, just like myself, and he has been running his own website design company for the last five years. He's now specializing in learning management systems for online learning and internal staff training. He also has just started uh, a second business as well, an online business um, called The Hot Market Online, which we'll come to shortly. And here's Tom Veal of SEM. How are you doing, Tom? Very good, Dan. Yes, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. No worries. Thanks for coming in. So uh, just before we get started, your company is SEM, which is E-S-S-I-E-M.co.uk. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Which Um, is the phonetic spelling of SEM. If you're wondering, if people are wondering what it stands for. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I think what I don't know is what does SEM stand for? It originated from search engine marketing. Okay, right. Um, uh, because obviously that was quite a, an important part of my starting career is the, the, the marketing of the business online. Um, but it's just sort of kept its name from there. And it's not doesn't really mean that so much anymore. Okay, cool, cool. Excellent. Right, well, um, yeah, we'll get to your kind of current business in a bit um first of all i want to take you back to to young tom growing up <laughs> and uh, where I, th- I think we grew up in fairly similar parts of the country didn't we we did yeah so i grew up in um cambridgeshire mostly so up until the age of about seven i grew up on a poultry farm in ely oh, okay that was just outside of ely in little petford Okay. Yeah. Um, so we had a poultry farm there, which is a family's poultry farm, um, which was great. Uh, growing up on a farm was the, the best upbringing I could ask for with, yeah. you know, with a brother. Yeah. Having the complete freedom of being on a farm was just amazing because we could, you know, get up to some fun trouble and be kids, you know, it was really, <laughs> really good. Um, and then at the age of uh, seven, I moved, we moved to Holland. Okay. Right. So we, um, between the ages of about seven and 16, Mm-hmm. I went to an English, well, initially I went to the International School of Amsterdam for one year, but that the schooling was very American based. It was all multiple choice questions and all the exams were American. And mm-hmm. eventually my parents moved me into the British School of the Netherlands. Right. Um, uh, and we, yeah, we stayed there for about six or seven years. Okay. And Holland, again, was a, a great place to, to grow up in. It was a very yeah, yeah. sort of free, fun loving country. So it was, um, yeah, it's great. And very similar to uh, the flatlands of Ely as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is very flat. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's a stat out there. I think seventy percent of Holland was made by the Dutch. Right. Okay. A quite a significant part of Holland. Okay. Actually, actually like it, the it might not be was... actually it might not be seventy. It might be like thirty odd. But a, a quite a significant part of Holland was, was actually made by the Dutch. Okay, as in it was drained. It and... was drained and sort of filled in and, okay yeah. and it was a dutch that came over and drained the land in east anglia as well i think was isn't it? it in the fens was it I okay believe. yeah yeah that's why it's um oh. they knew what they were doing and oh. uh, and I, re- that area. I read an article the other day i think they're proposing to try and build a, a dam to try and block off that english channel because okay. of the risk of the rising seas most of holland is going to be flooded over right okay so they're actually proposing to try and build a 
world's largest dam to cover up to block off that um that wow. space <laughs> between like Finland and you know Sweden and yeah. between England and France to seal that off from rising seas because wow. it's not actually that deep the water there isn't actually that deep okay that's a big old dam though yeah need yeah. a lot of beavers probably, to make that it might not happen but i read it quite an interesting article on it the other day and thought, yeah, <laughs> well, well done for the dutch for thinking outside the box yeah you know? yeah excellent yeah. okay so what um what kind of made Presumably your parents decide to move to Holland at that stage. Um, at that, the reason for the move was my dad was starting a business in Holland, right. which was um, laser games. Okay. So he started one laser quest in Peterborough. Yeah. Um, and that, that did really well. And then he got an investor to help him set up a fran- to be the master franchisee for Megazone in Holland. Oh, right. Wow. So they then... We moved to Holland and he opened up a number of, I think he only had one or two himself that he owned, but the franchise in total had like seven, I think, megazones around right. the country. So you can oh, imagine wow. I was always at Megazone as a boy. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you were. Did he um, have, uh, was Laser Quest in Cambridge his? No. Okay. No, that was after. Okay. I didn't know there right. was one in Cambridge, but um, whereabouts is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. I can't remember the exact, there's a little, there was a little sort of precinct. It was kind of the other side of the road from Lion's Yard, I think. Right, no, I no, yeah, this is a long, long time ago, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. Um, the one in Peterborough was her, his, this was back in the 90s. Uh, okay. And then, yeah, he had a few in, in one was in, um, yeah, he had two, one in Zandvoort and one in Schreveningen, I think. Right, Yeah, it's okay. brilliant, yeah, really good fun. Okay. But how do you get from poultry farming to laser quest? <laughs> I th- he wasn't very keen on doing the poultry farming. I think he, okay. he took it over as a family business. Uh, okay, I um, see. Yeah. But he wanted to do something different, and I think he found this opportunity. Okay. Got an investor and then moved, moved from there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I imagine that it was quite sort of high tech back then, wasn't it? Laser quest and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good fun, but I think it, eventually he sold it. I think that's when paintballing started becoming a bit more popular and okay. eventually sold the franchise off. Okay. Um, yeah, it was good fun. It was good fun. Yeah, free games at Megazone, and it was <laughs> the, one of them was by the beach. So as a oh, kid, wicked. you could just, you know, go to the beach, hang around at the pier and have a game at Megazone for free. And I was called the Laser Dwarf because <laughs> 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 I went there so often. But yeah, it was good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that's like uh, every kid's, or every kid back then's uh, sort of, yeah, fancy really, isn't it? To be able to just do <laughs> laser quest as often as you like. Yeah. Wicked. Okay, cool. So uh, so he sold off he sold off the franchise and then yeah. what, moved back to Cambridge? Or... Moved back to Cambridge, yeah. Um, and that's when I finished my GCSEs in Cottenham. Mm-hmm. We lived in Cottenham for a bit. Um, and then from there, uh, I then took my A-levels at Long Road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I had a, a few gap years between then as well. And then I did my degree in um, audio music technology. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, at that point, I then uh, I was doing lots of work around um, audio engineering. So mm-hmm. um, I started off doing the sort of get in and get outs at the Arts Theatre and the Cambridge Corn Exchange. What, sorry, what's get in? Get so out. like get in, it's like helping set it up, set up the stage and the audio equipment and the, okay. the lighting and then get out is when you're 
taking it down at the end of the day, okay. at the end of the night. Right. Okay. Um, uh, and then from there, I, used to, I then moved on to doing stuff like um, audio visual engineering. So with a company that was doing the um, conference events, the technology for conference events, mm-hmm. most of which took place around the Cambridge University buildings. Mm-hmm. Because they used to have a lot of pharmaceutical companies based in Cambridge that used to do talks. Okay. Yeah. Um, and at one of the talks, I randomly met the one of the law- one of the lawyers who defended defended um, Saddam Hussein. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember why he was there, but I met him. Wow. I was like, oh, yeah, I used to defend Saddam Hussein. I think random. Is that how he introduced himself? <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think he mentioned it briefly. Like, not, no, I think he would mentioned it before. But um, yeah. Wow. Um, but okay. yeah, I used to do audio. Uh, yeah. I uh, used to do that, and it was at that point, and I did a bit of work in um, a recording studio as well. So I was very lucky. At, during my degree, one of the local recording studios invited students in mm-hmm. to have a test with it, and right. I think he was effectively pre-vetting students because at one of the sessions he um, reset all the equipment and just asked us to mix, and I did a mix. Right. Um, and he liked my mix. He liked it. He said he liked it more than his. Um, which is good and at that point I think he offered me a job after that uh, and I started working with him um, doing mostly being the second engineer the second sound engineer but I did first sound engineer on a couple of a couple of albums but it was like small bands and stuff we used to do other types of recordings I did like um, book readings some recordings for some books as well yeah um yeah, it was good fun, really good yeah, fun. Yeah. But I felt I felt at that point there was no at that point I wanted a, a sort of a solid progression, sort of a more step by step progression. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I didn't feel like I could get that from the audio engineering world. It was also very um, unsociable, so mm. it was um, well unsociable hours yeah. because you would have to work very late at night. Yeah, sure. Um, and the internet was. Well, web design was relatively new at that point and i felt like there was a better uh, a better pathway for myself doing websites okay and at that point that's when i started designing and building my own websites alongside my other freelancing work okay and then uh did that for a number of years was that something you'd always kind of you'd got into previously i mean yeah or you, you decided you wanted to learn to do it or? yeah interestingly i think it was in my first or second year at uni i I designed my or developed my own first website with Dreamweaver. Right. Okay. Um, and enjoyed it. Um, but it was um, yeah. I just felt like there's a better career progression. I could set up my own business doing that. I've always wanted to own my own business. Okay. Is that because your 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 dad was self? Yeah. We, yeah. My family are very business orientated. I even remember right. when I was doing the audiovisual work for the conferences looking at the hourly rates that they were charging for me because mm-hmm. I had to give the guy the invoice <laughs> once and it was, I forget what it was. It was like 60 or 70 pounds an hour yeah. that they were charging this company. And then they were paying me much less than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, I could do this. I could sublet the audio equipment from my employer yeah. and just charge my own rate out at less than theirs at like 50. And, and I've always sort of had that mindset of um, uh, wanting to do my own business. And I just felt like with web design, I could, I had a better chance of doing that. Okay. Um, yeah. So I sort of did a lot of projects between then. And I think it was in the last, it was about five or six years ago now, I then set up Essium um, and did full-time web development work from then on. Okay. Okay. So you kind of built it, 
you built it kind of gradually on the side of while you were doing the yeah. audio yeah. work. Okay, until such a point as you felt like you could you could ditch that work and Yeah. And I wanted to make it fully official with a limited company and just sort of completely stop it and Yeah. And work. I mean it wasn't up until exactly five years ago I was kind of in, in brackets full time with web work. It would have, it was probably a year or two before then anyway. But after a couple of years of doing freelancing web work, that was the point where I thought, well, let's continue with this. Yeah. So I went on from there. Okay. Okay. And had your had your parents kind of always said like talk to you about running your own business, or is it just something you were surrounded with and and from that from that you 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 kind of had that ambition to do that? They've not really talked to me about it. No. I think um I kind of just felt like the odd sort of job that I had growing up sort of led me to that sort of path. Okay. Um, but, but it's just something I've always been interested in. I sort of, I do enjoy the sort of management of the business, you know, the same as or nearly almost as much as the actual web development work itself. I like that sort of business manager hat yeah, and yeah. managing a business and I've, I've always sort of enjoyed that and, and inspired to do that so yeah yeah okay yeah I've um sort of realized that myself in the last few years that there's two roles isn't there there's the yeah. kind of technician role of doing the actual work and then there's the business mm. role and they're, they're kind of two crafts in their own mm. right yeah okay. and then even within, even within that business role there's a number of sort of micro hats that you wear between <laughs> yeah. that as well. So you've got your sort of marketing and sales, although are quite lumped in together, they are different things as well. And you've got sort of the accountancy side of it. Yeah. Um, and if you've got staff, you know, there is, yeah, I, I sort of enjoyed that sort of, that I do enjoy that process of managing mm. a business. Yeah. And if I, I, I wouldn't be unhappy if I was to never, develop websites again if I was just running a company yeah and supporting my staff to do their best I would enjoy that as well mm -hmm. okay cool interesting interesting so when, when you um decided to start with the website stuff back then where did your first few clients come from were they sort of friends and family and that sort of thing or? yeah yeah friends family recommendations bumping into people and letting them know and doing seeing how cheaply I think I could get away with I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> of, of offering out my services. And yeah, I, I think back to some of the work that I've, I did and how cheap, cheap I did it. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but th that's exactly what you need to be doing. You kind of need to yeah. be saying um, yes to as many things as possible because making those mistakes early on in your career is far better than making those mistakes later on in your career. Yeah. So yeah, I, sure. I, like early on in the career, I made the mistake once of going through the design process and develop, starting to develop a website before receiving a deposit payment. Okay. <laughs> and I, I'm glad I did that on that project. Yeah. Because if I'd made that, you know, because that's the best way to learn a lesson. Because yeah. if I do that now, you'd be, I'd be wasting, you know, more time or value now than mm. i would have done back then so yeah back make... then you don't have kind of commitments from financial yeah. things depending on you and that sort of thing yeah so you can make those mistakes yeah, yeah. okay so, yeah. yeah that's that's the kind of thing you only do once as well i suppose yeah making mistakes getting early say yes to as many things as possible yeah i think because 
you will get experience from it, whether it's a positive experience or a negative experience. Yeah. How you react to that afterwards um, develops you as a person. Mm-hmm. I think, and for some, sometimes the more negative experiences are the most valuable. Yeah. Because yeah, it's easy for somebody to say to you, oh, yeah, Tom, don't do that. But <laughs> if, you le- if you learn from the mistake and you suffered a bit, a, bit, a bit from it, then actually you're far more likely to live that yeah live that lesson and also teach other people that lesson as well yeah yeah absolutely yeah that's a that's a really good point about it's how you react to what happens whether it was good or bad because you can't go back and change it no so yeah it's how you how you take that lesson and and move forward i suppose okay well you yeah i've always been a big believer that you always make the right decision Mm -hmm. at that point even if you look back at it in hindsight and think oh i shouldn't have done that actually at the time that was the right decision we never we never make a decision intentionally knowing that it was the wrong decision to make. yeah okay at that point with all the information that you have at that point was always the right decision to make okay so i think um yeah i think from the early days of startups just make as many mistakes and it's the type of lesson i want to teach my kids as well as just yeah take as many risks as possible while Mm -hmm. you're young Mm-hmm. and learn from them and grow from them yeah you can't take as many risks when you're older yeah you yeah. kind of can in some respects but it's a bit harder with mortgages and yeah. <laughs> people that depend on you yeah yeah sure okay I, I suppose you learn a lot about how to make those decisions as well though don't you because uh we we're talking about this the other day and you know your kind of gut instinct decisions are, are usually right whereas mm. you know if you overthink things and mm-hmm it's a decision based on on what's in your head it can sometimes be wrong mm. um so have you kind of developed a, a way of making those decisions or is it you know is it something you've thought about it's not something i've thought about no but i think it uh, i think there's a when you're younger you tend not to think as much okay and consider the impacts of those Mm-hmm. decisions i don't know you might disagree with that no no not at all but i think that's actually a a, a good way of being or mm. living because when you when you overthink stuff you start to procrastinate and yeah actually <laughs> you you just want to make you just want to make that decision and going forward the lack of a decision is far worse than mm. making the wrong decision yeah yeah, absolutely. Because if it's the wrong decision, you get the feedback. Yeah, you get the yeah. As long as you can get the feedback quite soon afterwards, yeah. you, you're just going to make a decision and go forward. Yeah. So it's that theory. I don't know what the, the the theory is, but you know, an average decision today or an average move today is better than the best decision tomorrow. You know, just make make uh, progress, okay. to, yeah, make progress yeah. today rather than waiting and waiting to try and get the most perfect result or make the perfect move. Just make yeah. the move today. And yeah. learn from it. Yeah, okay. I like that. That's good. So uh yeah, no, that's really cool. Okay. So was your um was your dad kind of mentoring you a bit as you were making these moves? Because he obviously had quite a lot of business experience by that time, I suppose. Um or were you just going for it? <laughs> I was just going for it on my own sort of accord. Yeah. I think um yeah i didn't get um too much mentorship it's all sort of mistakes and things that i've learned myself yeah um but yeah no i didn't really get too much sort of mentorship in that in that respect and it's something that i want to do 
better for my kids is make sure that I'm giving them as many options and supporting them in making the de- in making the decisions themselves. Mm-hmm. Whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. I'm going to support them. Okay. Because yeah, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter whether you want to be a a big time banker or if you want to be a nurse or whatever it may be. You just mm. if that's what you want to do, then I'll you know I'll give them my full support. Yeah, and uh, okay. And how about encouraging risk taking and things? Do you have a a sort of strategy, if you like, for for that with your your own kids? For my kids, yeah, um, um yeah, I'm probably a bit more of a quite a loose parent. Like uh, I think <laughs> there's a sort there's a sort of there is a fight there is a, a boundary, isn't there? I think um, I'm I'm more than happy to let my kids as long as it's safe and they're not life threat life threatening yeah it's how you um, define safe isn't it I yeah <laughs> then 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 it's up to them to learn yeah um and they've got to make their own mistakes yeah especially when they're young when you know mm. physically their bones are a bit more malleable and if they fall they're less likely to break a bone mm-hmm. um they're a bit more bouncier aren't they when they're younger yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um obviously there is a, a limit you know i don't want to let them walk on a cliff edge yeah of course yeah there's mm. a there's a limit isn't there but yeah. i remember i think it was one of my friends i think was um traveling around peru and i think they saw a child a local child tumble down the side of a sort of a and not a, a whole cliff face but they're on the side of a cliff mm. they saw this child fall like a about five feet it must, it must have been or something like that yeah there. and all these foreigners like gasped and shocked about this kid and the mum yeah. just come along and grabbed the kid picked it up i think by the arm or something <laughs> like that and just walked it off and it, it didn't really matter to them because you know and it's just that that's just normal to their life yeah you know, that's yeah and i think we're we're very uh in the western world we're very like worried about safety here and there and i think that's not healthy really it can be too much yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i think it uh it probably affects our ability growing up to make the kind of decisions that you're talking about and and you know doing our own thing or 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 whatever career decisions they are i suppose worrying that you know we might fail yeah and that 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 would be a bad thing but actually you know what you're saying and i agree is that it's okay yeah yeah you need to learn that that risk management you know that understanding risk when you're younger because it will take a lot of effect when you're older yeah yeah it's that kind of thing of if all the hard corners are taken away from all the furniture or mm. something, then you never learn to yeah. balance and walk in amongst yeah. it. Yeah. In amongst it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Um Right, so where are you now? Like I know you've decided to is this a recent switch to the learning management systems, or is this something you've been doing for a little while or a, a bit of both? Um kind of a bit of both. I did my first LMS project. Uh, probably two or three years ago now mm-hmm. and it was just the one um and it was interesting at that point because it was rather than just um doing the design and development of a website it had a lot more sort of dimensions to it and i found that interesting at the point because you get you, you can do like automatic certificate enrollment and assignment and it just made it just opened up a whole new different dimension to the web project rather than just being there to attract people and to convert them to make a contact it it sort of had a bit more of a functionality to it, and I enjoyed that um and then recently, I've just taken on two um learning management system projects 
Mm-hmm. And for the last five years, as I've mentioned to you before, I haven't really had much of a, a niche market. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just had a lot of my business come to me just through mostly networking, but just meeting people and hearing word of mouth. Um, and I kind of feel like now's the point where I just need to focus on a particular niche market. Yeah. So I'm sort of leapfrogging off of these two LMS projects and um, I'm just going to focus in on this area and become a specialist mm-hmm. in learning management systems. Yeah. yeah because it, it, sure. as I mentioned before, it had a, a lot more dimensions to it because you can, um, you get to develop the processes for not just a user flow and entering and visiting the website and then leaving, but how would they enroll on a course and how would they then go through the different steps and viewing all the course material and mm-hmm. browsing courses and then the certificates. And there's so many more things for me to work with. It just, uh, I just found yeah. it a lot more enjoyable. Okay. Yeah. There's lots of journeys that they can take within the platform yeah. while they're on there. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And, um, Obviously, a bit of a funny old year this year. We're in December 2020 at the moment. Has that, has what's happened uh, kind of made you see that there's more of a market for that? Or Yeah, it was very well timed. In one of them, I um, uh, started working on about uh, a few months after the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And the other one I've taken on recently, and I think it is kind of well-timed because there is going to be more people who are going to be happy to learn and also train staff online. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a, it's an ine- ine- inevitable sort of move anyway, even without COVID. We are always looking for efficiencies to lower costs and improve productivity. Mm-hmm. And e-learning can do that because you yeah. haven't got to hire venues provide them with parking and food and Mm. staff to manage that event if you can if there is a particular type of material that you have which can be delivered online um, and that material can also be live events as well so you can deliver course material via zoom with one person speaking to a number of people at home or at work it's just a far more efficient way of delivering that live course material yeah. So it, yeah. I think it was inevitably going to happen anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, just, yeah, more efficient. And we're yeah. always heading towards a more efficient ways of working. Yeah. Yeah. I think in some, in some, some cases, um, face to face events are the best. Yeah. 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 There's certain things that just can't be. Yeah. You know, you can't beat that kind of face to face interaction, but yeah. there's also a lot that you can deliver. online so why not yeah okay great so um what's the kind of plan going forward now then you're going to do these these couple of presumably quite big projects i imagine it's not a small undertaking to create a uh, learning management system yeah and i think each client always has a um, their own sort of aspect that they want to bring into the project Mm -hmm. so uh, with one of the projects I'm doing, they need to have um, two different types of staff who review and mark the questions. Right. So, so there'll always be some type of customization out of the box that a client will need. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite rare that you will have something where it's always 
yeah <laughs> you know a, a nice clean a clean slate of of development yeah um so for this particular project we developed I've, I've added in these two separate roles that mark questions mark the answers of the students and the other person has to mark the marking of those questions as well just to help keep everything okay so there's a a um you've got your student and there's the um the teacher and then there's the independent verifier as well who has to mark the answers that the teacher has been giving to the students to make okay, sure yeah, that it's yeah, all sure. compliant. Right. Um, so I think every project will always have its own customization. I think that's where probably my type of work is best fit because there are options for people to get out, get an out of the box learning management system, but it's mm. when they require some sort of customization. Mm. That's where I step in because I can say, great, this is what you want to do. I yeah. can, I can add this functionality in for you. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, imagine for a lot of people, they just don't want to be doing the web development side of it. And, you know, they can buy this thing out of the box, like you say, but actually getting it all set up and getting it working yeah. properly is, is possibly something they either don't have any interest in or, uh, you know, they're better off spending their time working on their strengths. Um, yeah, and it has to be so. the content, I think, um they want to be spending their time writing the content yeah for the material for the training courses rather than spending that probably similar amount of time getting a website set up to do that yeah yeah um they want to be focusing on you know the, the course content and making sure it's valuable for their students have you ever had that thing where you're like you know you enjoy doing the web development and you kind of think why would anyone pay me to do this because I, I used to think that with photography, I'd yeah. be like, you know, I love doing this. Why would anyone want to pay me to do it? And then yeah. a few years ago, someone actually said, you know, like, I just don't enjoy doing the photography. And that's yeah. when I realized that actually adding value by doing something that people don't enjoy, don't have time for, yeah. you know, don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is um, probably a couple of cases where I can think of think about that but yeah because it, it just doesn't make sense to me yeah so yeah. when somebody <laughs> says to me oh I, I don't know how to do that I just think why you know I just think you know <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that I'm just thinking why you know surely you'd and it just as, as you say you know I think everybody's different everyone has their own strengths yeah. um, and it just you know a lot of the sort of design and development just makes I'm a very analytical person um, it just makes sense to me but in terms of writing course content, you know, I think that's that's somebody <laughs> else's bad. strength. It's not my main thing. I can yeah, you know, yeah. I can write some good content occasionally, but yeah, I think that's where the client needs to write that. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, cool. So, have you got a bit of a plan of of what you're going to do to you know? Now you've got this niche and this area that you, you can focus on. I guess it makes kind of finding your next clients a little bit easier in a way. Or at least knowing what to do to find them a bit easier. Yeah, um, I think I just need to um, provide value and con you know provide valuable content to people. Yeah. Um, uh, my marketing is something that I've been working on the last um, couple of months. My mm -hmm. marketing message to hopefully get that started in January. Um, but it, it does make it easier. It does make it easier. I mean, I. The one the worry that a lot of businesses owners have, I guess, with taking on a niche is they think that they're going to be rejecting a lot of work. Mm -hmm. 
that you don't have to reject it. You can still take that work on. Mm. So even though I'm focusing on LMS at the moment, I had an, a, a call from a cust- an old customer yesterday. Uh, sorry, from somebody who used to work for one of my customers, but he's now moved to a new company. Mm-hmm. He called me the other day and said, my new company needs a website. You know, I very much enjoyed working with him because we did lots of different uh, web development and software development projects together. He was, a, he was like, my company needs a new website and I'm still going to take that work on because mm. I very much enjoyed working with him. But my efforts in going out and speciality can still be with the LMS. And it, yeah. it, it does make it easier to market to people because you can find their problems. You know what and the people who provide training, you know what their problems is that they face. And if you can then say, this is the solution, you know, this is how I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is my experience with it you become the choice rather than a choice. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, th- I think that's the key. I think that's the key behind it all, isn't it? It's becoming what the, the, the person where they would think, well, why would I go to somebody else when yeah. this person here <laughs> clearly knows exactly what, what, I'm, what, what my problem is and he knows how to fix it and he's got experience and results with it. Yeah. It, it just seems obvious that that's the person to go for. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one of my niches that I looked at was art galleries because there's a lot of database management that um, art galleries have to have mm-hmm. in terms of managing all of their work. And I didn't go with that niche because there's a, a company out there who specializes in art gallery websites and they were so good. The offering <laughs> was so good. Yeah. I just didn't want to challenge it because I knew in the back of my mind that if I was talking to a client and they were like, Oh yeah, we need a website for our art gallery. Um, and, uh, I needed some database management cause we've got three galleries, la la la. I just, I couldn't feel it in my heart <laughs> to not say to them, you know, there's, there's a company out here that does it very well. Really and they, they are gen- they are a very good company. Um, and they got a great offering. It's very well priced as well. <laughs> and they've got apps and everything and i just couldn't compete with that and i yeah. think that just makes it they are the choice for yeah. art gallery websites yeah. yeah and i think that has so much value to it yeah. and i think that's where i would like to be for um, learning management systems yeah especially in this local area i want to become the you know the choice for learning management systems yeah where yeah. you know you've got so much experience and you've helped so many people deliver their courses and gain extra revenue from you know presenting courses online as opposed to just doing face-to-face courses that you just become the choice yeah yeah it's that thing of uh like ideally you don't want people to be googling learning management systems you want them to be googling sem or tomville (laughs) when they need a, a, a learning management system yeah yeah where it just becomes the obvious suggestion you know and obviously you would have had um you know they say seven touch points before any client joins you yeah um you would hopefully have come up into their onto their radar a few times yeah before they've actually come to the decision to contact somebody yeah in which case all those touch points have always led to the to the decision of well this company is clearly the choice yeah let's contact them first Mm. and speak to them and the the beauty of it is that you're you're no longer in competition with the other web designers in the area as well. You know? yeah. So if someone comes to one of them saying, we need mm. a learning management system, they'll mm. probably 
refer them on to you and you'll be referring work back to the other guys who are specializing in different areas yeah yeah and everyone's working together yeah i mean i've, I've never really felt too much competition with other web designers i've always tried to work with and help with people before so mm. when when i used to live in cambridge i uh, i guess the two examples were um there was a uh, a company who had i think he had, must have had a, between like 10 to 15 employees he needed um drupal development and he only specialized in wordpress and i've done okay. drupal development before so i did some projects for him yeah. developing drupal websites yeah um and that was that was good and there was also another a, a friend who i met at um networking events he was a web developer he worked on his own he was pitching for a large project and he didn't want to come off as a one-man band so i went along with him as part of his company mm -hmm. and I, had he got the work he would have asked me to develop it mm -hmm. but i went along with him to try and support his growth mm -hmm. and I've, I've never really found any sort of competition with websites because yeah there's this is part of the reason why i chose web design at the at many years ago is because it's such a crucial part of businesses going forward there's there's always going to be plenty of work out there yeah even yeah, grandmothers absolutely. need websites you know <laughs> yes. you know there's there's so much work going out there and that's why i, I don't feel there's any competition and if i yeah. when i meet other web developers i want to you know I, I don't see them as a competition i want to befriend them and try and work with them and help each other because yeah Excellent. It's just it's just better that way, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. There's plenty agree. of work to go around, so there is. Yeah, I think that's a it's a mm. great outlook, and um, yeah, it's that what what's that saying like a uh, rising tide helps all or something, isn't it? Probably, um, yeah, some sort of. So if you kind of help everyone around you, it benefits everyone ultimately, yeah. and and you're part of that thing yeah. that gets lifted. So uh, yeah, yeah, excellent outlook. I just want to ask you quickly because you know, see, I've come from. Cambridge but a, a, a while ago now and you've moved a bit more recently have you found that move because Cambridge is quite a, a sort of bustling busy tech heavy kind yeah. of place how have you found moving to a little old library <laughs> yeah it's a very good question and it was one of the when we we made the move this way because we've got family in this side of the country yeah. and whenever we did um holidays it was always west okay yeah so the reason was for for family but when we decided to think about moving west it was one of the first things i did was to look at how many web design companies were in the area <laughs> yeah and i looked at hereford and the i think i counted eight or something like that eight, eight companies or yeah. websites of people advertising web services and i felt like that was a good enough indication for me to say there's plenty of business here i think in comparison to cambridge there's far more in cambridge but it's not like it's a, a ghost town at least there's there is you know a fair amount of business here mm. but it, it is it is a big change because cambridge was and well it, it is a, a very it's a small city mm. its size of it is very small yeah had there been no university there cambridge is a very very small city but it's, it, is, it yeah. is incredibly important in a lot of areas and it's mm. got that link to london um so yeah, it was a little bit different. It was a little bit different, but um, I'm not in the game. When I first started up in business, I was, had the aspiration to have an office and have staff and you know yeah. sort of grow and be successful. What what a lot of people seem as or 
deem as success. Yeah. But in, in recent years with a family, I'm, I'm more keen of just spending time with my family. Does that make sense? I think yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of like the quiet life in terms of comparison from Cambridge to Hereford. Yeah. Because I think there's, you know, sometimes we chase money and success too much. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a lot of value in just being happy and you know yeah, being, yeah. i don't mean to get too sort of <laughs> no, no. um but i think you know I, I i think maybe that may i may want to do that at some point but um i kind of like that sort of one-on-one sort of work that yeah. i have that i can have with a client yeah sure sure rather okay. than having a big team of people and managing it yeah yeah um, well success is you know it's 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 relative to what you define as success isn't it anyway yeah. so yeah you know, um, I think that's, uh, yeah, sounds good that you've actually figured that out, what you actually want in terms of, you know, your lifestyle and yeah. and everything. Yeah. And then making the business fit around that. Yeah. Really. I think nobody, I read a book a little while ago um, uh, and nobody on their deathbed has ever wished they spent more time working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, your, your health and your family are always far more important yeah. Than, than work i think the it's a very very good book i'd recommend it it's called the top five regrets of the dying ah uh, yeah yeah by bronnie ware it's it's a, a beautiful book yeah because she spent time as a um a palliative care nurse mm-hmm. and she's heard a lot of stories of people on their deathbed and you the last few stories were or last bits of her palliative care were um one-on-one care mm-hmm. so in the person's home and she right, obviously yeah. heard a lot of people's regrets and it's a really interesting book. I like it because it's it's like time traveling. Yeah. You go ahead and think about your death and what you'd like to change. And then you can come back to this point and go, like, well, what's important to me? Is it having yeah. millions in the bank or is it, you know, supporting people, help, helping mm. people, mm. being with your family? Mm. You know, we can get, I, 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 this is this stuff which is quite important to me, but I don't know if this is, what you want to get into but you know that type of stuff is um i think really quite quite valuable i think yeah Yeah. no i like it it's good because um that's kind of a large thing that drives my decisions and deciding to take risks i think is like will i get to my deathbed and regret having not done that yeah and if the answer is yes it's like well i've got to you got to do it it then yeah you know <laughs> yeah regrets is the, the regret is the last thing you want to have on your deathbed yeah you're, you're far be, you'll be you will never regret doing something and failing at it yeah you'll never regret that you'll be like yeah. i did it at least i did it you yeah know? at least you tried at least you tried um the problem i have with that is there's so many things i want to do <laughs> and it's just not having enough time <laughs> and you know resources to to, to do it um, but yeah, regret is not something you ever, and I think my, the, where I get a lot of my sort of regret motivation from is Gary V. Mm, he's a, yeah. he's a legend. He's an absolute legend. I love him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he's a big hater of regret. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to listen to a bit of, uh, Gary V as well. You kind yeah. of, you love him or you hate him, don't you? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy him and especially at certain times. And I just feel like I need a bit of a kick up the ass or something. Yeah. I'll stick some of his, yeah, I, his podcasts on and I'll be like, right, okay, yeah, let's yeah. do it. He's very, I, 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 he doesn't like sort of 
you know, sort of is the phrase pussyfooting around a topic. Yeah. It's just straight bullnose in. Yeah. And, and I love that attitude. I'm very much like that myself. I don't like small talk. You know, I just want to go, right, what's the, what's the problem? Sort it out, done. Yeah. You know, and I, I love that type of attitude. And he's, he's right on the mark with so many things like kindness. He says kindness is a superpower. Yeah. And it, yeah. it really is. Like, I think kindness is something I teach my kids to, to be, you know, it's the one thing I want my kids to learn. Um, from then on, they can do whatever they like. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. he's an amazing character, Gary V. I love him. He is, yeah, yeah. It's interesting though, because his, you know, I sometimes listen to him and think, you know, I love what you're saying and things, but he's also kind of, to me, not living that lifestyle that you've described that you want and everything. So I guess you're kind of taking, and I probably am as well, taking elements of what he's saying and applying it like uh, as an abstract but not not kind of directly if you see what i mean so we're not saying we want to work 18 hours <laughs> per day like he he mm. seems to be able to and and be on social media for probably 16 of those hours yeah. by the looks of it but you're what you're saying is i think take the the lessons that he's teaching more generally and apply those yeah i mean it's not it's not a matter of copying his lifestyle yeah that's his pathway yeah. He, he loves that that's what he loves and he'll do it he'll yeah. do it in the evening you know he just won't stop because that's where he gets his enjoyment from mm. everybody has their own pathway but it's those lessons isn't it that you want to mm. take away and i think he, he's very much also a, he a lot of the messages and the stuff that he talks about is kids who have been forced into jobs that their parents have guided them into when they don't necessarily want to be there and i think yeah uh, i i want to make sure that my kids do what they want to do mm -hmm. i'll support them or whatever they want to do yeah that's fine you know even if my son said to me i want to be a a, a waste disposal man you know a garbage man i'd be like i'll trust you because i think <laughs> that you you know i think that you may find that a bit boring but i'll support you in doing that because mm. i know eventually hopefully you'll realize and maybe move on to something different but it's about letting them have the freedom to to do what they want and yeah in their own path yeah yeah that's excellent and I always remember, I think my mum said to me once, like, if you want to be a, a garbage man, that's fine, but just make sure you're the best garbage man that you can be. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So, no, that's brilliant. I think that's a, a really nice note to, to end on. I think we could keep talking probably for hours. Yeah. So we'll have to come back in sometime and uh, do a round two if you're up for that. I'd, I'd love to. I think, um, yeah, I think that sort of life choices and life matters is something that I... I'm very passionate about. Cool. I, th I love that type of stuff. Yeah, I've always. Yeah. I think perhaps a business coach might be a second career for me. Yeah, but um, I, I love that sort of passionate and drive, and I think living life to its fullest is definitely a something that I'm mad keen on. Cool. Okay, we'll get you back, and we'll uh, we'll go a bit deeper into all of that. Then, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. No, thank you very much. Uh, best place for people to find you, obviously, the website, as we said, is SEM, which is E double -S, S I E M co.uk and then you're on linkedin yep tomville yep v-e-a-l yep people can find you on there anywhere else they should look um, for you ledbury <laughs> oh in ledbury yeah <laughs> you're yeah. often around i've seen you in the post office yeah come to ledbury <laughs> um yeah ledbury's where it's at it's <laughs> cool. the center of the three th thriving hubs isn't it exactly exactly yeah. we're right in the middle cool well no thanks a lot tom that was excellent and uh, I'll see you again soon. Thank you very much, Dan. Cheers. 
You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.